0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the Sefer Eov, the Book of Job. We are in Chapter 1, and we just read in the first five verses of the chapter the idyllic life of Eov. Eov, who was the Tam, he was um, perfect, without any flaws. Yashar, he was straightforward and, and upright, and Yirei Elohim, he one who feared God and walked in his ways, and he turned away from evil. He was wealthy. He had ten children, seven sons, and three daughters. We read of how wonderful he lived and how conscientious he was. And um, that's where it ended. Now we've changed our focus to the heavenly realm and the uh, world where God is sitting in judgment, looking upon his creations. I do want to mention that Rambam, in his typical fashion, Maimonides, makes it extremely clear that this image of God in front of his angels, which we're about to read about, sitting in judgment, is a parable. It's an image, something meant to convey a point, but it's not meant to convey that there's actually some kind of place where God sits with his counsel. Um, I'm going to mention soon some of Rambam's explanation for this story. Before I do that, I want to give a little background, because many have quoted Rambam when teaching or studying Eov by opening up his book, Guide for the Perplexed, and reading his chapters on the subject of EO, without putting it in context of Rambam's entire philosophy. And if you don't put it in context of Rambam's entire philosophy, then you don't really understand what he's actually saying. So the first thing we need to understand is what Rambam explains an angel is. According to Rambam, an angel is the the, the forces of nature, which makes the world literally go round. in other words in rambam's cosmology uh, in in his uh, understanding of astronomy which was based on the physics known in uh, by aristotle and and the neo-aristotelians which whom rambam was familiar with understood that there were spheres in the sky that rotated and rambam underst- and uh, the power and the f- uh, energy generated by each sphere um it gave power and energy to the sphere beneath it, all the way down to what we see on Earth. And everything that happens on Earth ultimately is powered by this energy, which was a very physical, scientific thing that Ramam was discussing. And this is what he understood angels were. Ramam understood that you know, bad angels or demons are really just the forces of nature that bring about bad things, um, you know, like illnesses and so on. So... Angels were not what we imagine, you know, a good angel being the, you know, a beautiful white angel with with wings, uh, and and uh, and the bad angel being a black devil with horns and a spike tail and a pitchfork. Rambam didn't imagine angels in any way, shape, or form like this. So this is very important for us to understand. So when we hear of a parable of angels meeting before God, which we're about to read about, according to Rambam. This is simply a description of the forces of nature, which, of course, are put into place by God. God as the Creator created the world in the way that it should run the way it runs. And so therefore, this parable is a discussion, so to speak, not an actual discussion, but of the forces of nature working working together, working against each other, and bringing about the outcome, which we are going to read about. But let's read now verse 6. I'm going to bring other ways of understanding this story, of course, as well. But I just wanted to give that background so that when I do tell you about the Rambam, you'll understand what he's, what he's saying. It was on that day. Many of the commentaries understand that day. Being the day of Rosh Hashanah, the day, the first day of the year, upon which God sits in judgment over the world. But regardless, it's that day. Vayavo bnei Elohim, and the uh, literally mean the sons of God, which generally is it's it's refers to angels, meaning the divine beings, is one way of it's translated. save al Adonai, to to stand before God. Vayavo gam hasaton b'tocham, and the The Satan stood among them. Hasatan is written in a way in order to drive you away from the conclusion that many non-Jewish sources seem to think that this is a, a being who had a name Satan. But this is not a being that had a name Satan. This is the one who was doing Satan things. What is that? As Rambam points out, the word Satan comes from the word Lashut to uh, wander around the world, as we'll see soon, looking for sin. Raman brings many sources that explain that the satan is the forces which bring people to do bad things, the forces which cause people to die. In other words, Raman brings sources from Chazal, from the rabbis that teach us that the, the nature in everyone, because we all have that nature, that selfish nature that drives us to do things that could be bad. And it's also the same thing that brings about, you know, death and suffering in the world. Um, and it is, which is the, known as the angel of death, so to speak, which again, Ramam says there is no like actual being called that. And that is also which, when we come to be judged, that is what before God. Right? when we are judged over our actions on how we act in this world, the judgment has to be understood in the context of the, the good things we do because we do for the right reasons and also the bad things we do which we do because of those bad reasons, those selfish reasons. And that is the satan. That is what tells us, those are the parts of us which lead us in the wrong direction. The eternal conflict within all of us as individuals, within us as a human society, and so on. So the satan, in other words, those forces of evil that 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 bring about evil and bad in this world, right? And one of the key ones is the is the force of cynicism, the force of 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 um not taking things seriously. And we'll see soon that this is the key um trait of this force of evil, this satan. So Rambam categorically rejects any such concept of an actual evil angel named Satan. Uh, And the language of this verse is pretty clear that the Rambam's understanding is um, is the appropriate understanding of the verse for one which actually translates the Hebrew word the satan as opposed to satan among them. The uh, it, 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 I emphasize this because and I'm not an expert in Christian theology, but it is well known that there is a figure in Christian theology called Satan, exactly what he does and what, he, what he's about. You can study Christian theology to read about it, and often they point to this story to show that even in the Hebrew Bible, there is a guy, there is a, an angel, a bad angel named Satan. And I'm just pointing it out that the Jewish sources categorically do not understand the verse this way at all. And that was just, I mentioned Rambam's way of understanding it. There's another major rationalist, Rabbeinu Sadia Gon, from the, uh, uh, the, one of the most prominent rationalists from the ninth, ninth century, who understood this Satan, Right? This adversary understood this entire thing as not actually being referring to divine beings, but this is talking about people, right? People that were jealous of Eov, jealous of Job, and therefore wanted to bring about bad to, on, upon Eov. That this jealousy and the Satan refers to the selfishness among human beings, among people. So then, so, so that would be a second rationalist understanding of this story, that it's not, it's not describing anything about God um, standing in front of angels, but it's referring to the, the, the human beings with all of their failings. People see EO being so successful, having everything so good, that people, um, through their various um, um, nefarious plans, doing one against the other, and bringing about anger against a person, casting an evil eye upon another person, you know, uh, in other words, to cast aspersions on what they do, etc. Also, you know, and that would end up bringing about evil upon someone. And then, of course, there are many who do understand, many of the classical commentaries understand that this is not referring to either one of those two more rationalistic explanations, and they understand that this is actually referring to the council in front of God, of angels. And they understand this Satan as being one of the angels. Right? So in other words, the B'nai Elohim came to his Save al Hashem, to stand before God. And the Satan was also among them, the, the one of those angels, the Satan being one of them whose job it was to be the prosecuting angel, to be the one who says maybe he's not so good. There always has to be a prosecutor in order for there to be a fair trial, so Bayom Adonai Hasatan. So God said to that one whose job it was to um, to be the adversary, to be the prosecutor. May in Tavo. And I, I just uh, let me also explain. Others un, um understand this, you know. This Satan here, the the, the Satan as being simply an expression of God's judgment, right? In other words, God is merciful, but also punishes. And Satan, therefore, is the... So when we have here the B'naiho Elohim, the divine beings, these angels, what it's really referring to is, up in God's court, there's all of the good, the uh, merciful things that God is doing in, in his world, but there is also there, right, um, the bad things, the punishment which God brings about. Um, and that is what is being referred to as the Satan. So God says to the Satan who is standing there, May I Tavo, where are you coming from? So Satan answers God via Umar and he says as follows, from roaming among the land and from going there. And Ramam understands this, from roaming in the land, right? doing land-like things, right? wandering around the world, doing those things which humans do as they do in their capacity, as uh, 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 their animal capacity, which often leads to selfishness and bad things. And I was wandering around the world. So by Yom Adonai El HaSatan, so God said to the Satan, Right to the adversary, hasamto libcha lavdi EYov. Have you paid any attention to my servant eov In other words, you've been going around the world, looking around. and What are you looking for? You're looking around to see who's doing bad stuff, right? And you're push. You're 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 you are the one that's causing ever, people to do all kinds of bad things. But you haven't been paying attention to my servant Eo, because he hasn't been doing bad things. There is no one like him in the land. The same <coughs> terms which we brought in the first verse. He is a man a, who is perfect. He has no uh, um, he, he has no um, flaws in his service of God. He is Upright, Yirei Elohim. He fears God with Sorma and he turns away from evil. So, in other words, so the way Rambam would understand this is that God is saying to the Satan, "You haven't um, been paying much attention to him because he isn't going in your direction; he's going in my direction." Vayan haSatan vayomar, and the Satan answers God as follows, and he says, "Hachin your Elohim. You're telling me." That Eo fears God. Now remember, I pointed out in, last, in the last podcast that by fearing God, we mean that Eov understands the concept that there is a God. Uh, the fear, we say fear, but uh, y- your Elohim really means awe of God. That is a person who looks at the world around him. And uh, again, this is what I'm saying here is very much influenced by Maimonides in his explanation of these verses is one who looks at the world around him and understands that there is a creator and therefore understands that there is purpose to the universe. There is purpose to his existence on this world. And therefore he turns, he, he turns away from evil <laughs> and he's a Tam Vyasha because he understands that this is how he's supposed to live. So the Satan is saying um, he understands this purpose. It's not for nothing. Hallo, Atah. You have protected him and his household and all of his things from all of the surrounding stuff. Right. In other words, there's lots of bad stuff in this world, and you've protected him from all the evil. Right. You have blessed his his actions, what he does. You have blessed his business efforts. And his and his possessions have have spread throughout the land. Right, you've protected him from any evil, so of course he sees God and he thinks and he serves you and he worships you, right? Because, because who wouldn't? Right? He sees it. You know, he's living great. Everything is is doing good. However, <laughs> if you send your hand, right? <laughs> and you touch. In other words, you destroy all of his possessions. <laughs> Would he not? Go ahead and curse you to your face, right? Again, this is using the language of blessing, even though it means curse because it does not want to associate in the verse cursedness with God. However, we know what it really means, right? In other words, he'll give up on you in a flash. It's so easy to to be blessing God if everything is going great. Who doesn't sit at a big table full of food with all the family around and everybody happy and healthy in a beautiful house in a beautiful dining room and then say thank you God for all of this? It's so easy to say that when everybody is healthy, everybody is doing well and when everyone and you have enough money to pay your bills and you don't have any any problems. It's great. It's easy to say that that um it's easy to say thank you to God and to be a tam v'yashar, and to be a faithful, good servant of God's. With this challenge, God then goes ahead in verse 11, and answers, I'm sorry, in verse 12, and tells the satan as follows, the ominous instruction, v'yomr adonai God then said to the adversary, the one who wants to do harm. The angel that wants to push people in the wrong direction. Everything that he owns, all of his property, all of his wealth, I, you now have control. You can do what you want. In other words, go ahead and start paying attention to Eov and start pushing him in the wrong direction and let's see where he goes. Rock a love, however... To himself, his own self, do not cause any harm to Eov himself. And the adversary went, left the court of God and went down to earth to begin his terrible work. In the next podcast, we're going to read of the suffering that then befalls Eov when the forces of evil on the world, the forces of suffering begin to wreak havoc upon Eov's wealth and family and all of his possessions. This concludes this podcast, 1B. Uh, We will read the rest of chapter 1 in the next podcast as we read of the calamities (coughs) that befall Eov one by one and what his initial reaction to these calamities are. Thank you so much for studying this together with me. Looking forward to finishing this chapter, finishing this book of EOV together. Have a wonderful day.